Welcome to Droughtlander, episode 16, with Jen Brister and Maureen Younger, where we are finally on season three. Oh dear God, it has taken us such a long time to get here. I can't even believe it. But Jen, go on, admit your guilty secret. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) It's so galling. Absolutely. She texts me really pissed off. I was like, oh, God. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm actually looking forward to the next episode. (laughs) You know, I I was away last week, so I missed... um, The big big reunion. The big reunion. I I, I've watched it about six, seven times. (laughs) In a week. I know, Maureen. (laughs) Any particular particular part of that episode you decided to dedicate your time to? Anyway, we haven't got to that episode yet, sadly. So if you are on season three... And uh, enjoying it immensely. and um, Probably not listening to this podcast. You're probably not listening to this podcast anyway. In fact, I'm pretty sure that most of the people listening to the podcast don't even watch Outlander for some bizarre reason. Anyway. We're on season three. And We're it's been a very long way. on season three. It's been and an it's incredibly brilliant. long way. It's such, it's such a good season, isn't it? It is. It's it is. brilliant. And can I say, Tobias Menzies is amazing. He's a fantastic actor. Absolutely. He's so good. He's completely transformed. You know, I, there's a bit of me that goes, I can't get Blackjack out of my head. But then when he's Frank... He's Frank. He's Frank. And it's a very... I think it's a very difficult role to play because he could have come across as a bit of a milksop. Oh, but he, no. he just... He, he's, he's a very intelligent actor and all, he just plays yeah. it just right. All and of Claire you comes empathy. across as a bitch, really. She's yes, like this she is. Cold fish that... It's like, look, I know you're in love with Jamie, but you're with this guy be. now. Give him a bit... Give him something. She doesn't really give him much. She doesn't give him anything. No. She just says, oh, we'll live together. And uh, I hope that's enough for you. But and don't it, touch me. And if you do touch me, I shall be thinking of Jamie and won't get eye contact with you and be masturbating in bed next to you thinking of another man. I, I do hope that's okay. <laughs> Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I mean... Anyway, anyway I, I, we'll, we'll get to we'll get, we'll we'll get get that. Ahead we'll get to that. ahead as usual, yeah. More so it again. opens up... Uh, see, I thought there'd be a big battle scene. And we don't really get the battle scene, we just get snapshots of it. Jamie's kind of dying on Culloden battlefield. We, so that's how this, the, the episode opens, that we yeah. see Jamie. And he looks drawn. Can I say, Sam Hewn is very, I mean, he's very good in this season. He, because, um, you know, he, he doesn't really talk, he doesn't, you know, really do much, but you can just see it. It's All a really the pain good, on his face. It's a really great performance by Sam. He's sort of resigned to the fact that he's... <coughs> oh, excuse me, we're going to sneeze. How we're, very, we're very professional here. Um... Oh my goodness, where did that come from? Uh, and so he's kind of dying on the battlefield and, the, you know, the, the, the wounded are being uh, killed by the by the English, which obviously did happen. And, and he, he, so, but he's been, um, uh, 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 what's the word? Stabbed. Well, he's no, been, no, no, but he's, he's being um, shielded is the word I'm looking yes, for. Yes, because Black Jack's body's on top of him. Yes, that's what we find. We, there's, a, there's a dead uh, Englishman English soldier on top of him and we discover that it is actually Black Jack. And it's Andrew. kind of weird because it looks like a kind of embrace. It looks like they're kind of, you know, he's on top of him. It is like they're embracing each other the way they're kind of lying on top of each other. Yeah, and then we get a fl- do we get a flashback to that? He, he flash. So we don't really get the battle proper. We just get him remembering. Very, I think they make salient points. So you've got the thing that... Prince Charles was an idiot, didn't really know what advice to take. The, the people are arguing, the soldiers are arguing. He's indecisive. He follows Sullivan. Sullivan, who was a twat, and it was, he was the one who decided they should fight in Culloden Moor. You've got Jamie <clears> trying to say, look, we should be doing this and doing that. And then you just see all the, the Scottish soldiers being um, mutilated by all the cannons. And great, yeah, being slaughtered. Great, great and there's, there's, some, there's some other bits and bobs, isn't there, where we see Myrta and yes, uh, Jamie Myrta. F- fighting together. That's, we only see Myrta, I, I'm a big Myrta fan, as you know. Uh, we only see Myrta for a little bit, but he's, he's great in it, the little he, bit that he, he yeah. is. 
And we don't know whether he's died or not because in the book, he dies. So there was obviously a great... Because everybody loves Myrtle, there was a big uh, fan that, demand that he should there? stay alive. Was there? Was there, Maureen? Yes. Were you writing any letters? <laughs> I didn't write any letters. Are you sure? No. I, I did don't tweet maybe. Tweet once or twice. but um, More than twice. <laughs> Anyway, so Myrtle, we see Myrtle just briefly. Um, oh, but then we think Myrtle might be dead because we see quite a few shots of a bearded Highlander that could be him, so we don't know if he's dead or not. Right, so at this point we don't know if Myrtle's dead. We know that Jamie is alive. We see that he and Jack, Black Jack Randall get into a big old scrap and yeah. finally that horrible, odious, psychotic... Bastard. Uh, n- n- nightmare. Gets killed by Jamie. M- murdered. Yeah, not before he actually managed to cut his leg really badly. Oh, yes, so he cuts he cuts uh, Jamie's leg really b- badly, so he's mortally wounded and, oh, we, uh, well, we suspect, and anyway, he can't move. So, anyway, that's, and, that's how he starts. He thinks he's dying, he dreams of Claire. Claire walks along the battlefield, doesn't he? Of That's course, of Claire. Claire. There she is, this ethereal vision, <laughs> just wandering across the battlefield with her All herbs, in white. All in white. With a, sh- with a shawl over her head, like a <laughs> Scottish widow. She did have a shawl over her or head. Whatever. Over it would be good if she did. <laughs> anyway, uh, but... Uh, uh, but anyway, it turns out that the person who's talking to him is Rupert, who collects Jamie from the from the battlefield. Jamie just wants to die. And they're in a kind and of And they hut. end up in a cottage? Oh. It's a hut, it's kind of barn or something. They're in, they're in a hut. They're surrounded by the English. They know that they can't escape. Uh, and sure enough, the English come in and they go... He's very good, the guy who plays uh, Lord Melton, very English, going... Um, We've come, it's, it's so... We've come to execute you. You've got an hour. If you want to write a letter, please do. Do. If you want to let anyone that you know that you love, please do let them know in a letter that you are Talk dead. to my part. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so kind of... But, I mean, this did happen. They did... They did... Um, kill... I mean, in fact, I think they even killed spectators because people used to watch battles in those days. And they went around killing everyone. There's a great documentary called... They Clubbing. killed the spectators? Yeah. They, but they went into Inverness. They killed people. They killed people that were, had nothing to do with the uprising. They just went around killing... It was it was basically ethnic cleansing. They just went around... They went, let, watch anyway. Culloden documentary. It's great. In 19, from 1964. Let's anyway, try and, let's move on. Let's try and keep this a little lighter. Yes. Well, it's a bit difficult. So they're going to execute... Uh, people um they're going to shoot them because that is uh so uh, the, because they're soldiers they've decided the, 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 not going to hang them they're the shoot army them. are going to treat them as soldiers so they're all going to be shot and, and rupert's very good in this when he goes right um i mean to make a pace follow me as you know keep try and keep up when he goes to get shot you know rupert the guy yeah yeah, yeah i know with good. the with the patching sign but there's also you see these two young boys who are basically children and they're they not get spared. Shot, yeah. and, and I think somebody appeals to them going, don't... Rupert does, yeah. They're just kids, let them go. And they're happened. like, no, they are traitors to the crown. And, and also, for a lot of these cotters, it's like, it was human rent. You, like, you went on the battlefield not because you believed in the cause, but that's how you paid your rent to your, your chief. So they weren't there because they really wanted to be there. It's because that's, they just basically that was what you did. You had to do that. Anyway, anyway it's all on. very depressing. And uh, Jamie, Jamie volunteers to die, doesn't he? he goes right. I'll get. I'll be shot. Well, next. he asks. Yeah. So, but so, what's his name with the patch on his eye? Goes Rupert. Uh, we hear that. We and hear that's, his that's good shot. Acting again by Sam, where you, you see he's really upset. And he's trying not to cry because obviously he knows that Rupert's been killed. And he knows. So he volunteers to go next, and he gives his name: Jamie Fraser. James. No, James, no, James Alexander Malcolm Mackenzie Fraser. Oh, for heaven's sake! Weirdly, I know Laura. that. Goodness. <laughs> Crying out loud. Anyway, and Lord Melton stops and goes, you read Jamie. And uh, he realises that... Uh, what did he realise, Jen? Oh, I was wondering when I was getting a bloody <laughs> word in here. Um, well, you yeah. don't know the answer. <laughs> That's true, actually. He realises that, uh, that Red Jamie is the very fellow that spared his uh, brother's life and he owes him a debt. 
so he of can't honor. of honor. So he can't uh, shoot him. He has to save his life in order to. Otherwise, he will be dishonoring his brother's name mm-hmm. or some such bollocks. Anyway, so he says to the, he doesn't phrase it quite like his that. inferior. That we can't kill this man, put him on the back of a wagon and get him out of here. And everyone's like, what are you talking about? This is Red Jamie, we've got to kill him. And he's like, no, uh, that's what's happening. So that is what they do. He is ready to die. Jamie's like, I want to be shot. What are you yeah, doing? yeah, just, just, just bloody shoot just me. Get me out. Let's get this out of the way. This has been hell, hell on earth. Uh, but he isn't spared. And he's very roughly put on the back of a wagon, despite the fact that he has got a really serious injury and he's in absolute agony. And off he pops. Chalabra. No, he doesn't die, by the way. Off <laughs> he goes. a very short season. And that is the end <laughs> of season. <laughs> goodbye. That's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye. No. Uh, so, does he go to Lallybroch? He does. And he, he sees his how sister do, and he thinks... Oh. How, do they know, how do they know to send him to Lallybroch? They send him in that, tr- in that wagon. And but then how he, do they know where he lives? Well, he... Because he says he's from Bochturich, doesn't he? He says, he mentions I'm from Bochturich, or he says I'm from Lallybroch. Oh, does he? Okay. And um, Just checking the continuity there, folks. And then, so he arrives at Lallybroch, and he's there, and he, ho- and he goes, am I dead? And she goes, and the sister, and the, obviously the brother-in-law, pleased to see him. And, and oh. that's how it ends. But we've, and then, but obviously we need to talk about Claire. Oh, yeah. God. <laughs> Claire, Claire debacle. So I that's know. Jamie's story. That's Jamie's, Jamie's story, story is quite bleak. Claire's story is equally, uh, not equally bleak, but bleak nonetheless. But, but like Jamie, I mean, like Jamie actually wants to die, but Claire's kind of dead inside. I mean, she's not... Well, you say that. She hasn't given up. I mean, she goes to medical school to train to be a doctor, not just not, a doctor, yeah, a not surgeon. Yeah, episode. Well, whatever. <laughs> but she is in a way, like, she's not, she's not, you know, the way her old persona is, it's, it's kind of, and the way she is with Frank. Um, but what I thought was interesting is that she had more freedom in 18th century feudal society in Scotland than she does seemingly in... In 1950s America, where you know she's when you know when she's in that at the college, she's giving some political, she makes some political comment, and everybody can see everybody thinking. Oh, and where did you read that? that the Washington. You Post. read? <laughs> you, you read the what? Well, maybe somebody should be having a word with their wife. Yeah. Reading, <laughs> and you can see that Claire. It's weird that Claire is more stifled in a, in like 1950s America than she is in yeah 18th century Scotland, which says something about America. But well, um, it, I mean, to be honest, there are parts of America that's. <laughs> Probably haven't moved on a great deal since the 1950s. But anyway, there is Claire uh, suffocating in 1950s Boston with her husband that she's not in love with, carrying Jamie's child, and it's all... And she's surrounded by people that she's got nothing in common with. All the women seem to be living in a... Stepford wife. Stepford wife existence. And she's miserable. And she's not really... I mean, her promise to Frank was that she'd forget Jamie and they would move on, and she clearly hasn't... Clearly hasn't forgotten. Oh Frank. God, I can't remember what episode it is. I don't think it's this one. But there is a bit where he says, "When are you coming back?" You know, or he he's, he looks really upset and he's like, "Where have, you know when he when are you coming back to me? When are you going to stop living in the past?" Oh, is that, that, this that, episode? No, that, was, that was wasn't that the previous season? No. What's this season? Oh, I don't know. Maureen. Okay. Somebody who is like encyclopedic knowledge of <laughs> Outlander. He, he, they're, they're in the kitchen or something. And that's this. That's this. Is that, is that this episode? Well, she goes. I want to. I don't want to be. A, I don't want to be British anymore. He goes. What do you mean you don't want to be British? And he knows that you know this is a reaction to, of course, what the British did to Jamie. And so. Uh, I think, are you talking about that one? No. I, maybe I'm, they're, they're the big maybe I'm hallucinating. They have a big fight, don't they? Yeah, but he and looks that, really upset. He's, and then he, storm, he walks out and she starts crying. Here's this episode. Yeah, I really felt for him there. I don't really feel as much for Claire. No, you, she's very unlikable, which I think is quite a brave choice to make. She's very unlikable because you do think 
He's doing everything. Like he's he's kept his side of the bargain. Also, he's taken on another man's child. Another man's child. He's clearly stood enough with her. He's put up with a lot. He waited three years. I know. In the, Most he, men would be lucky to work three, wait, wait three not, weeks. Not only did he wait three years, he accepted the fact that his wife went back in time 200 years, had an affair with a Scottish Jacobite, and then came back with a child. I mean, like, he's taken on a lot. Yeah, I think he's a very understanding man. You've got to give him that. I mean... He clearly really loves her. He's... Claire has been very fortunate in her life to not have just one, but two really good tell, men. Tell me about it. Madly in love with her that would do anything, anything for, for her. her. And she's just... But I think in a way she kind of expects it. So later on when you when you find out he, you know, he's been having affairs, she kind of seems really miffed. And you're like, what do you expect? You're not shagging him. I mean, yeah. And when you and when you do and shag you're not, him, you're thinking of someone else, and you're very emotionally cold to him as well. So it's not like just a physical thing; it's the emotional coldness, isn't it? She's she's put up a lot of barriers. I mean, she obviously doesn't want to be hurt again. You can understand that, but yeah, she Claire comes across as very unlikable. Um, oh, Claire, lighten up, love. I mean, flipping heck. You think she'd just? Get, uh, you'd think she'd at least try to give this man a chance, a chance because well, she did love him. Because she did love him. And even though she doesn't love him with the same passion and intensity that she loves Jamie, she still loves him. So the whole very idea that she wouldn't even give him, you know, yeah. a monthly... He'd be happy with once a month, I'm sure. He probably would. <laughs> He'd be the only one. He'd <laughs> be the average marriage man, wouldn't he? He'd be like, oh, it's Friday. Second Last of June. Friday of the month. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> but anyway, worse is to follow for Claire because uh, she goes into labour... And you just see how women are treated. Like, she's completely dismissed. He doesn't take... The doctor doesn't take any notice of what... what talks what to her husband, wants, ignores her. What just her talks needs to her husband. Are. Her husband then obviously disappears into the waiting room. And then he puts her out. He, he, he knocks, knocks her, her out. out completely. So she's not she even says, conscious during her own birth. And, of course, for Claire, she's, she's worried because obviously she wasn't in a state when she, she gave birth to, to Faith. And obviously her big fear is that she's going to miscarry or the baby's going to be stillborn. And um, so she wakes up in a panic and then Frank comes in. Frank comes in holding... Brianna, Brianna, Brianna. And uh, it's all lovey-dovey and they think, oh, this is the beginning of a new start. Blah, blah, uh, blah. You, you, you think in that moment, oh, uh, this will bring them together. But anyone who has children will know that the last thing children do is bring relationships <laughs> you closer from together. Um, no, not necessarily. <laughs> yes, I am. And then, of course, uh, the, the nurse falls it all by going, oh, where did you get that red... Where does the baby get the red hair from? And so... And then that whole moment goes then. Yeah, it? and you know this is going to be the problem, is it's going to be Jamie's going to basically well, be the, the oil in the... Jamie's the, the third... Third ointment. Well, he's the third person in the relationship, isn't he, that's constantly in between them. So... What do we We've think? done that episode well, very quickly. I just, I no, just not quickly. That was fifteen minutes, okay, so Maureen. For the cool. love of God, quickly. well, quickly for us. I thought. What did you think? I thought it was great. I thought season two, it was just back on track immediately. I really enjoyed it. I don't know what to tell you, Maureen. It's actually really ruined my life. <laughs> now, now that I'm looking forward to watching another bloody box set, and also I think it's thought provoking because it, it does uh, ask that question: What do you do when the person you love most in the world is no longer there? Which will affect everybody. Which happens to both point. of them. Yeah, it's happening to Frank because. Claire Claire's, isn't there. Claire's absent. Claire, she's not there. And uh, it's happened to Claire because Jamie's gone and it's happened to Jamie because Claire's and, gone. And basically, this, this, I think the next couple of episodes looks at and to how they both they both deal with it, this kind of grief that everyone has to face at some point. Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, dear. There's well more in trying to get serious and Jen just ignoring it. Right, so um, we're on to episode two already. We're only 15, 16 minutes in. 
15 minutes, 52 seconds. Okay, well, I'm going to be pedantic. So we're on to episode two of season three. And what happens, Surrender? It's called Surrender. And this is the one where uh, Jamie, oh, of course, is still... Um, he's brilliant in Did this. he have to lose a lot of weight? Because his face is really gaunt. It's, it probably did makeup. They can shade, can't they? They can shade. They, they did a lot of shading on his face. I'm he guessing. looks absolutely dreadful. And he's got a beard. Yeah, much better beard. A much than, better beard than, 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 than season two. That beard in season two. It was what ridiculous. Was that about? They must have gone back and gone, we can't do something like that. It did look dreadful. Uh, and he's a good looking man, he still looked dreadful. So season two is the dumb bonnet. And it's, I think uh, Samus enjoyed this because he's playing like in every episode, he seems to be playing a different character in every, like the first five episodes, he plays a, like a different stages of, of, of what yeah. he's going through. And in this one, apparently he asked to talk less and it really does work because this character, even the way he moves, like he moves in a different way, he, he talks in a different way, well he hardly talks. It's just a, he's basically living in a cave um, He's kind of cave, he's immured himself really, his emotions and everything. He's cut himself off from people, he doesn't really talk, doesn't even talk to his sister. He's just kind of going through the motions, hiding obviously from the British. And he's now known as a dumb bonnet because he's got a brown hat to hide his red hair. He needs a bigger hat, to be honest. It doesn't really hide the hair. Well, the hair, is, I mean, if, if only if you've got an aerial view of his head, would that <laughs> bonnet work? And then you'd be like, oh, I can't see it, there's just a brown, but otherwise, it's, his hair is very and much I do like the fact show. that his, uh, his uh, cave looked Bigger than the average London flat. It was quite a big cave. cave was enormous, wasn't it? <laughs> it actually looked quite pensive. I thought it was that's a London, and you're going, there's actually quite a lot of space there. There's a little bit of me that was going, where is this cave? <laughs> we, we, could get, we could Airbnb it. <laughs> so anyway, uh, English haven't forgotten about Jamie, and Captain, this new captain turns up uh, and arrests Ian, his brother-in-law, because they're convinced is, that... The captain uh, isn't stupid. He goes, I think this Dunbonnet might be this, with the red hair, might be the same as red Jamie. Yeah, he's really on the ball. Put two and two together there, and made four. Well done, you. Uh, so we see that his sister Jamie's sister Jenny is still very loyal to her brother, and um, I'm pregnant again. I'm pregnant again, and no amount of um, bullying from the British officers can make her give anything away. No, she wouldn't. Uh, and we also see that there is a Scottish soldier there who's part, yeah, but part of the British army, and he's the most vile of all. McGregor. Of them. Uh, it's, well, it was true. That, in fact, on the Battle of Culloden, there were more Scots from the government side than were fighting against um, against the Which is Scots. depressing, isn't it? Well, I mean, a lot of particularly Lowland Scots were Protestant, didn't want a Stuart king on the, on the throne anyway. But that's moving on. So we've got McGregor, who's vile. He's vile. We see we see uh, Fergus. Fergus is back, and he's he's being a bit arsy to the British. He doesn't like the British, does he? No, he's very much got Jamie's back. But you can already tell that he's going to get himself into trouble because he's a right gobshite. And you he? can see that both Jenny and Fergus are trying to get um, Jamie out. I think people are quite scared of Jamie because he's just this kind of man from the woods, isn't he? Now and he, you know, and it's it's not the Jamie we know. He's, he doesn't. He's 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 barely, he's just surviving, really, isn't it? It's like survival. Yes, he's like a spectre. Is that the word, Laurie? Spectre. Don't you, Mrs. Yeah, I know. And then uh, even more trouble happens because Jamie comes to do the ledgers and, uh, oh, that's it, Fergus, the kids find a gun, which, of course, was illegal in those days. Uh, Highlanders weren't allowed to have any weapons. It was a serious offence. Jamie finds the gun and goes, look, don't touch it, put it away. But obviously, you know what kids are like. They and they see a, a they see a black raven raven which is a bad sign because the baby's about um, about to be born about to be born I think Jenny's in labour Jenny's in labour Jenny's in labour they see a black raven they go we've got to kill it otherwise the baby will die so uh, they kill it they kill the bird 
And the scouts. Fergus hear, does, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, the scouts hear the shot. Come straight over. Jamie's in the house. So obviously, that's not good. At that that's moment that the British arrive, he's holding Jenny's brand new born baby. So he has to hide. The, the British turn up, then Jenny has to pr- make out that the baby died. Because they want to see born, where the baby is. Yeah. They want to find the baby, but if they find the baby, they'll find Jamie. And it's only with the very help of... Merrick McNabb! Who's, who's very brave and goes, oh, that was my gun. I shot the raven, blah, blah, blah. And uh, they don't arrest her, luckily. They, she puts her life at risk because she could be uh, arrested and... And transported. I think you were transported, I think, if you had a weapon. But anyway... Um, they so take pity on a lady. They go, oh, just give me the gun. And they, and they go off. Ah, but before, we, Jenny interrogates her brother going, how long has it been since you lain with a woman? Cause, and then we realise he hasn't actually had any intimacy with a woman for six years. Cause he's been in that cave for like He's six been years. in a cave for six years and he hasn't slept with a woman. And it's hardly surprising because he's been in a cave <laughs> for six years. Can you imagine the smell? I mean, he looks awful. He must, he must smell him from 100 yards. No wonder no, no woman slept with him. <laughs> But anyway, apparently that's not the reason. The reason is because... because he loves Claire. Not because he's unwashed and looks utterly revolting. It's because... He, doesn't look, he still looks good. Well, of course he does, but in reality... Oh, OK, yeah, and yeah. Can you imagine, would he have any teeth left in his mouth? Can we talk about that? <laughs> there's, no, there's no one cleaning his teeth. I mean, what, how many teeth has he got left he's in his mouth? He's probably not eating sugar, though, is he? But still... Yeah, well, that part, most, anyway, I, I don't know if this is really a salient point in Atlanta. I think it is a salient Jamie's point. Jamie's teeth. Because, <laughs> believe me, people aren't looking at his teeth. <laughs> every, every time Laureen talks about him, the guy has been in a cave, God knows what he's been living on, berries and roots, and yet he's ripped. He's, 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 yeah, but he's, he's going around hunting stuff. You've seen Pladeer and... He'd be lean. Not like flipping, like, six-packed, not like he's been inflated by the flipping bicycle pump. That's a local gym. <laughs> flipping... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, easy fitness first next to the cave. <laughs> anyway, these are things that in a Hollywood kind of esque uh, box set aren't really salient points. But these are the kind of things that stay in my head. Yeah, when you're a straight woman, you're kind of go. like you just appreciate it, it. right? Now, so, and then of course, it, this being Atlanta, this did shock me. This being Outland, of course, violence is never far away. And um, Fergus is, is kind of leading the English soldiers in the merry dance. They're following him, thinking they're going to lead him to Jamie. And he starts um, kind of being rude to the British comic, the British comics, British soldiers. British and- comics, <laughs> more than that. Where did that come from? Let me have this for my coffee. And um, he's being rude. And, ble- and anyway, the Scottish soldiers, McGregor gets him and cuts his hand off. And Jamie's watching, but Jamie can't do anything. Obviously. Yeah, so there's a chase, and Fergus is leading him on the def- merry trail. Origin- they think he, they're going to li- that Fergus is going to lead them to Jamie, so that's yeah. why they're following him from a distance. Very quickly, they realise that he's just like playing with them. Playing with them, he sticks a finger up at them, or the similar sort uh, of yeah, thing. Yeah, and it's really rude, and to it's them. so rude to them. And then it's the Scottish soldier who, which, like the British soldiers, go, you, "If you chop his hand off, he'll, he'll die." He's a child; he'll die. And he's like, "Well, okay. I don't care. He shouldn't have." You know. And he chops it off. And I didn't know this was. I thought that was quite shocking. And then, of course, Jamie's watching helpless. Rushes down, um, and he obviously learns stuff from Claire. Tour- does a tourniquet, tourniquet, and they go after Jamie. And then you see um, for the first time Jamie break down. Isn't it? He just he bursts into tears. He kind of falls to his knees and cries because he realizes he's kind of brought this onto his family, hasn't he? By being uh, yes, by being a, a, an outlaw, a, fugitive. Yeah, a fugitive. And he's he says, to, what does he say to Fergus? Oh, he goes. You know, Fergus is very, it's very. Um, Stay with it very well. Very. Yeah. He goes, you know, now you, now you owe me my living. You told me if I ever lost a hand or an ear, you, you would look after me. And he, and he said, I will. And the, but he's also, if he gets, uh, 
But he says, you've taught me that there are things for me to live for. Like, now he realises he's got things to fight for and things to live for. So, ironically, then he decides to give himself up and get Jenny to take the reward money. Nice Scottish uh, viewpoint there. And... Uh, Ironically, by giving himself up to the British, it actually gives him a meaning, I think. To, to stay live, alive, yeah. To stay alive, because he's helping his family out. Yeah. Jenny obviously isn't very happy about it, because she's worried he might get hung. I don't think Jamie cares at this point if he gets hung or not. But um, it's, 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 is it Liam or Ian? Ian says, Ian. oh, they're not hanging them anymore. They're sticking them in work camps and sending them off to places. So Jenny get, Jenny's like, well, that doesn't sound much better. But anyway, she's he, convinced I, that... And he goes, well, I'm living in my own prison. Well, she's true. He's living in a prison anyway, anyways, of his own making. But so. at least then that they'll be safe. So, anyway, he walks in, they play a merry little... Oh, before uh, that, we have the Merry McNabb love scene. Oh, yeah, oh my God. Honestly, you can't forget that. Merry <laughs> McNabb love scene, oh, God. So, basically, Merry McNabb, who I, I loved, the, I thought she was a very good character, I like the actress who played her, I can't remember her name, but very good. And um, she goes in to give him his last meal, obviously, before he goes but, to give himself up. And then offers him his last uh, bonk. Yeah. And he, uh, and what I loved was she shaves him, which is brilliant, because he's got all the hair... She, and you just see a little bit of, of uh, shaving cream that she's seeing off at the end. He, and she's shaved him brilliantly. She's a very good barber. Oh, she's yeah. cut his hair brilliantly. And, uh, I mean, it's got a lovely bob. She's got a lovely sideline in hairdressing. Uh, if, and uh, she basically offers herself. And he's not interested, of course. And um, But then he is quite quickly interested. Yeah, he's quite quickly. He's but not she interested for like about... Uh, not interested. He goes interested. to leave. Well, he hasn't said hasn't sex for six years. But she does it. She kind of pushes him very nicely. Look, I'm not trying to replace Claire... I know how much you love her, but we both need this. We're uh, both lonely. And we're both lonely. And it's very tender and he's very sweet and he kind of shuts his eyes and he pretends that's because uh, he, that's what he always does, which he doesn't. Um, because obviously he's probably thinking of Claire. And so he finally gets a bonk. He gets a bonk. It's all very romantically done. I, I don't quite like that scene. It didn't feel romantic. Did it not? No, it felt... I thought, uh, okay, not perhaps romantic's the wrong word, but I thought it was very touchingly done. Yeah, tender. Tender. Yeah. Because yeah, he, he hasn't had sex for six years, he's quite, you know, he's very gentle and... I thought Maureen was about to reenact that very scene <laughs> yeah, I didn't get, just didn't get to touch her shoulder, that is well, true. Maureen just went in two hands first. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going. <laughs> gone method on that Maureen. <laughs> Remember, this is a podcast. <laughs> You've got something to look forward to in season, episode six, then. Um, oh, dear God. <laughs> uh, so that scene happens. And then, anyway, uh, Jamie then walks into, uh, uh, comes back to um, uh, Lally Brock as if he's been away for all this time, saying, hello, sister, or whatever. And then we see that his sister has betrayed him. She hasn't. She hasn't. been set up. And the British take him away. Yeah. And so um, that's Jamie's story. So he's going off to prison, hopefully. Um, well, not hopefully. It's obviously a better option than hanging. Uh, and then for Claire, um, Claire's in Boston having naughty thoughts about Jamie, which, to be fair, I can oh, really relate to a, quite easily. I know, but... If it, he does that quirky little smile. He's got a very sexy smile. Yeah, all right, Maureen. Before you start getting heading into, a, into some sort of meta <laughs> fantasy of your own, I found that really depressing for Frank who is you know lying on his side next to um and she's Claire, about someone else and she's having a good old frot about you know Jamie and I just thought oh god that's but, I mean, so that must sad so, that must happen so much of course of course but it just made it feel so lonely for her and lonely for him and I was like oh and then she depressing. does she, then she ends up initiating sex with him but obviously it's just out of sheer frustration I think no, but it's kind of Jamie no but 
but but but the reason why so then they have this really just oh one of those dinner parties that you imagine happen a lot oh yeah in the 50s where couples come around and convince the each other Arctic that they okay it wasn't Arctic well it was eating mess but you know um, that kind of thing but you know when couples are like we love each other so much and they're like oh my god we, we still have sex <laughs> and then they're looking at each other going oh god our relationship isn't like that we're not still boffing and so Claire goes right right okay and she basically offers herself up to yeah very um, takes her knickers off takes her knickers off gets all down and dirty and Frank's like oh thank goodness it's it's arrived they get down on the rug in front of the fire I mean where else are you going to do it and then it, shagging. she has her, she won't open her eyes she has her eyes shut she's on top of him with her eyes shut and he's like open your eyes please open your eyes Claire and he won't and she won't and she goes right well you've ruined that sex thing and now we're not having it and then he goes you know when I'm with you I'm with you but when you're with me you're with Jamie which to be fair is a pretty accurate analysis anyway that was another spit where I felt a bit sad for Frank yeah. I do feel sad for Frank the whole way through this bit. Yeah. The whole way through the season. Until yeah. the end where he... Yeah. It is, it's quite... It is sad because he knows he knows that he can never... You know, she's never going to forget Jamie, isn't it? I mean, that's, from the beginning he thought it would be possible. But he knows that that's never going to happen now. He knows that what she's doing when she's shutting her eyes is... Uh, thinking of Jamie. Thinking of his ginger chest. And so, of course, we, as we all know, Claire has to be active, doesn't she? She has to be active. She can't be passive. And so she decides she's to become... A doctor. No, a surgeon. Yeah. Surgeon, even. Was it all... Because there were scenes of Boston, which are clearly Glasgow. <laughs> <laughs> if you know Glasgow, you're like, that's Glasgow. <laughs> but, isn't it? Is yeah, right? I don't know Boston. I've never been to Boston. Well, I know I haven't, but I have been to Glasgow. <laughs> quite, very, quite a few times. It's probably the West End. Was it the West End? Well, there, there, there's a bit in a uh, at the park. end of episode two where they're in a park, and that is the is Kelvin's, is that... that is the park in Glasgow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, why not? You're filming that whole thing in Scotland. Why fly to Boston? That's just a little bit. Teeth <laughs> <laughs> at Glasgow. This is a little, you've got really interesting aspects of the. Yeah, I'm surprised our, our podcast isn't more popular. But anyway, uh, she gets in and she's patronised, obviously, by the teacher who, who thinks it's ridiculous that woman's there, and then uh, uh, even even probably more. Uh, uh, Appalling. Appalling for, the, appalling for, for the lecturer, for the lecturer and there the students. A it's a black doc- black, black guy doctor. wants to be a doctor called Jerba Nathy becomes a good friend of Claire's. But you can see that they immediately kind of bond because obviously they're the two unusual uh, people in the classroom. They're the two outcasts, aren't they? So um, they sit together and we know that they're going to be friends. And then that's the end. I think that's the end. So what do you think of episode two? Yes. I mean, I did enjoy it. I'm, it's really hard for us now to have that yin and yang thing we had going for quite a long time, morning, where I would just be very disparaging of the show and you would talk... And talk in detail. In detail with like some sort of analysis, analysis of it. Um, but yes, I've, I, I'm enjoying it. I think, you know what, I think the storyline is, you know, season two is a bit difficult, but the storyline, we're kind of really interested in these people... Um, you know, they're, how they're dealing with their grief, because, you know, it's something that all people face. And we just... We're so interested in Claire. I mean, Claire and Jane obviously are the basis of the of the show, and I think it's just interesting to watch how they're kind of surviving without each other. Yes, it's, it's very it's very engrossing. I mean, I mean, okay, I've always been a big fan. I don't even notice picked up on that. No, I, that's literally passed me by, Maureen. Anyway, so there we are. We're on season three. We've gone up to episode two. There's only a few more episodes before we catch up. We can actually do this every week with the people that watch. <laughs> Outlander, it's a whole new world, Maureen. Whole new world with season three. Okay, well, I'm excited about it. Are you? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Looking forward to see to episode three. Okay, then, bye. Bye.